1: Talk is Jericho, it's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and guess who's calling in from Europe for the joke of the week? Guten talk, Chris Jericho, this is Justin Kagan, uh, reporting to you from uh, Central Berlin, just um, a mere two blocks from Checkpoint Charlie, uh, you know, maybe eight blocks away from Brandenburg Gates, played the show here last night, my daughter graduated high school the day before, boy am I jet right, Chris so I called in this morning I called in the guys they said uh, I, I, I got a I got a whispering. I, I, I got a wee cough and um the tour manager said you got a wee cough I said thanks tour manager so now I'm just i around for a while thank you very much Yes, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan never lets us down uh, no matter where he is in the world with Guns N' Roses or walking paper, delivering the laughs every single Friday, no matter what or where he's doing. He's got that uh, type of time for for all of us here on Talk is uh, Jericho. And thank you to Duff for the joke of the week. And thank you to uh, Chris Slade, Talk is Jericho alumni, who has since returned to ACDC uh, since the last time we spoke to him he appeared on this show just a few weeks before getting the call to rejoin uh, his band. Chris is telling that story, talking about Brian Johnson leaving ACDC and Axel Rose coming aboard. You hear all about Axel's audition, who else they considered before offering the gig to Axel, and what it was like touring with him. Chris is also talking about the retirement of bass player Cliff Williams, what the future might be for ACDC, whether he might be a part of it, his relationship with Angus, his loss of Malcolm, all things ACDC, and as you know, they don't do interviews, this is an exciting Exclusive conversation, getting the scoop right here on Talk Is Jericho. Get ready to rock with ACDC drummer Chris Slade, and get ready to rock with Fozzy this summer. All dates, VIP meet and greet information, and ticket information at FozzyRock.com. We're starting off in July doing some festivals in the states: Rock USA in Oshkosh, the Cadot Rock Fest in Cadott, uh, Wisconsin; Peoria River, Riverfront, in Peoria, Belvedere, Illinois, at the Apollo Theater. Then we head over to Europe starting on uh, July 20 at the Pheasant Festival in Hungary, going all across Europe, Prague, Sebron, Germany, Zurich, uh, Penarela di Serbia in Italy, Slovenia, Vakin Festival in Germany, Berlin, Bochum, Schaffenberg, Alicante, Spain, Alcatraz in Belgium, Bloodstock in uh, England. We're going all around the Horn. And then, of course, we return to the United States October, uh, August 24th for the Judas Rising Tour. Next leg with Adelita's Way, Stone Broken, and The Stir. Uh, check out all those dates at fozzyrock.com for all information and ticket information. Don't forget also to listen to The Rock of Jericho. Not talk is Jericho. The Rock of Jericho on Sirius XM Octane. We're doing it twice a month. Uh, And I think uh, today there's actually we're dropping a new episode. Lots of great stuff going on, including ACDC drummer Chris Slade returning to talk as Jericho right here, right now. Here we go.
2: All right. So uh, we're here in London um, with uh, two returning guests, the father and son team, Jack Slade, who just did uh, the worst Wrestlemania preview podcast still the best though. still the best No now? yeah and then uh, your dad chris slade hello hello uh and the last time we spoke to you was about your whole entire career and just about oh, jack you have to help me out with this okay. you know, just about that time was when the issues with phil rudd and acdc happened or had they already happened
3: the, when it was originally recorded no when Chris and I first did our podcast yeah. yeah that was uh that was just that was actually before the issues happened right so, so
2: we, yeah. We, yeah we had talked about your whole career and then about
3: right uh, you know very two quickly, or three yeah.
2: months yeah. after the show aired suddenly uh you're back in ACDC
3: yeah <laughs> no, it was sure. it, I think it was the other way around because uh, the we recorded it when well, we recorded it you guys recorded it w- uh, before the issues happened then we found out about the issues, right. and then it was released as everything was, reintroduced. It was going on. You yeah. know,
4: to be honest, I think I knew at that point. I can't remember. If there was something. I remember, because I I did that, talk to you mm-hmm. in my kitchen, and I think I sort of knew something, but I couldn't say anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us the story about, about how everything went down to, to for your return to ACDC after... 24 years yeah. 25 years something like a that. long time yeah so tell, tell us how that all went down
4: uh, I was on the road in Switzerland doing gigs with my band mm-hmm. Chris Slade Timeline mm-hmm. and I was supposed to be ready at like something like 7.30 to go to the gig and my phone rang oh it's not ringing now <laughs> anyway um and it was acdc's manager Mm -hmm. and he went uh you know uh blah 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 you know chat and uh, the guys would like you back and all the rest of it like that sort of thing and i went really Hmm. um and my uh tour manager at the time is hammering on the door (laughs) the the room door the Mm -hmm. hotel room door and uh I open the door and I'm still got my phone in my ear, and he he goes, "Come on, come on, we we gotta go, we gotta go." I go, A C D C, and he goes, oh, <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> right. So
2: yeah, the gig had to wait that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: So um, no, I wasn't late, but mm-hmm. later than he wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's the one time you could pull the rock star card.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally. right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Didn't you tell me though, Jack? that There's some kind of a
3: uh, he got some kind of a text or something like that about his drum. Dad probably doesn't remember this because he doesn't remember my name. Um, but yeah, you said you had a text from um, from Dick saying like if you were to have a kit, how big does the how big a riser do you want? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, but that was after. was it? Yeah, that
4: was the first indication that I got uh, in Switzerland at that time that I was oh maybe I was confusing uh, back into the band. Hmm. Um, no, but Dick, uh, Dick Jones, this is the ACDC's long serving drum tech mm-hmm. and tea maker <laughs> <laughs> he's He's Welsh like myself. right. He's a very funny guy, mm-hmm. extremely funny guy but um yeah there was a point where he texted me and
3: said what size how how high do you want your drum riser and then also about um the flight you know if you wanted to fly uh out to la you know would you uh what class would you want and you didn't want to rock the boat and maybe telling me that as well what class of ticket
4: yeah uh, <clears throat> what else is there what other type of tickets could there possibly be? <laughs> was he asking if
2: you wanted first class or business class or something like that? Yeah, this? yeah, right, probably. right, right. Would you tell him? <clears throat> That's classified. <laughs>
4: what do you think? <laughs>
2: so, so, so basically, they tell you that they want you back into the band. Yeah, and then it was very quickly after that that you're flying to Los Angeles. To, to rehearse
4: uh, yeah actually it was a few months but mm. uh, yeah and I can't remember without my diary forget <laughs> it but it was it was a couple of months I think and it was secrecy mm. it's like you can't tell anybody anything which is what it was like the first time around mm. and there was this conjecture which isn't a bad thing when you want to publicize something here's an upcoming tour we don't know who the drummer is <laughs> you know so you know I can understand that, and right. I played into it. We had uh, people at rehearsal place standing outside going, well, I don't know, uh, it sounds like Phil Rudd playing, I'm not sure who's... <laughs> and then we'd have people driving, we'd have lunch, say, and it was all under a tent. And we'd have cars driving around, it's a, it's a big rehearsal uh, area, And there's a square in the middle, Uh, more like a rectangle, actually. (laughs) But the cars would drive around and take pictures of the tent. And they go, oh, that silhouette, that shadow on the tent looks like a bald head. It could be Chris Slade. And it's like, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, because
2: ACDC is is famous for being very tight-lipped on everything. Yes. You know, it's very much, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows much about it. But when you guys were rehearsing, like, what, what was it like, like the first time you walk into rehearsal and see see these guys that you haven't seen in 25 years?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was great. It, it felt the same, to be mm-hmm. honest, as it was, whatever, 25 years ago. I haven't looked at the chronology of it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's something like that. And, uh It was like, hi guys, you know, hello, you know, want a cup of tea? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, it was very much, you know, and I knew uh, half the crew anyway from before. Um, And Dick Jones, being the guy he is, uh, he made me a cup of tea. (laughs) And it was just ordinary.
2: So when you were rehearsing first of all how long did you have to rehearse before the tour started
4: it was quite a long time mm-hmm. i mean months mm. uh, because don't forget uh there was M- malcolm was no longer right. with the band so and replacing malcolm uh is a, a serious serious thing because he's the backbone mm-hmm. to the band always was Um, you can only... you just got to listen to the records to hear his contribution in rhythmic terms. Just... uh, And I've always said, I think I said it last time, genius player. Mm -hmm. Absolute genius player. And writer. Him and Angus together. Uh, What tracks they've come up with. It's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Um, But uh, sadly, Malcolm's no longer with us, so... um,
2: Right, uh, Malcolm, uh, at the time, Malcolm was was out of the band due yeah. to his issues. So you've got the tightest, the tightest rock and roll machine of all time. Yeah, Stevie and, did a great job. And the say. rhythm section is basically gone because Phil w- was out and, and Malcolm wasn't able to yeah. play. So you're rehearsing and replacing two
4: guys, not just one. That's exactly right. Right. Um, and I'm sure, uh, you know, Angus was seriously missing his brother Mm -hmm. um you know as a he hadn't died yet Mm -hmm. but he was seriously missing Mm -hmm. um stevie did a wonderful job because it's probably the hardest job you can possibly have absolutely trying to replace malcolm the man was a genius Mm -hmm. uh and i can say was now but You know, at that time he was still alive, but very poorly. So, Stevie did a great job. We spent a few months rehearsing, relatively relaxed. And it was almost every day, Mm -hmm. without a day off, to start with. And I'm sure Angus was being very uh, wound up, if you like. Because brother not there for a start, backbone not there. But we got through it, and I think um, it sounded great. Well, and the band was very tight, and like I said, as by
2: reputation had to be. So when you were rehearsing at first, was it the whole band? Or was it just you and Stevie and Angus, or with Cliff? Or how, how how did how did Angus structure these rehearsals to break into new guys who had both played with the band before, yeah. but at different times? Because for you, you'd never played in ACDC without Malcolm Young either. That's so exactly it's different right. for you as well.
4: Yeah, uh, it started with the whole band with mm. Cliff and Brian also, and I think they went away for about two weeks, mm. and we spent some time going in. And uh, topping and tailing, if you like, without uh, Brian singing, which is actually it's a it's a good exercise. Oh yeah, one of the crew played bass, <laughs> so it was like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was Angus, you know, yeah, and two guys who had been in the band before, right, and a crew guy playing bass, right, who right, did a yeah. great job, by the way. Wow. So you know, and then after. It wasn't more than two weeks. It might have been 10 days that uh, Cliff and Brian came back and we continued as a band.
2: And now were most of the songs the same ones that you had played before?
4: Some. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest, I've I've never compared.
2: Um, Well, I think there was a few. Like I can probably go through it myself. I think Rock and Roll Train was new. Of course. You had a couple new ones from Rock or Bust. Yep. But that's probably pretty much it because they didn't do anything off um, stiff upper lip. I don't think you guys didn't do anything really off of any of those other albums. Black Ice didn't have any. Oh yeah, Rock and Roll Train. But other than that, it, it was pretty much the same set.
4: Yeah. 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 From what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I hadn't done that set too much. Although the, all the uh, main ones were there. Of course, the classics. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Of course, Back in Black. All that. Highway mm-hmm. to Hell. Mm-hmm. All that was. Um, uh, you know. Obviously, we'd we'd be doing those anyway but it was the newer ones but you know it turned out great as far as i'm concerned and as far as all the comments online were concerned although there was a huge slade isn't as good as rudd you know Mm. what's he thinking of and it's nothing to do with me i just (laughs) turn up and play
2: but you're always going to get that though the oh there's absolutely. always people that are going to complain that you know mark evans still isn't in the band or whatever it may yeah. be you know exactly so what was it like going back on tour with acdc you know the biggest rock and roll band on the planet and you like you said you've been doing chris slade's timeline and a lot of shows that are kind of in clubs and then smaller venues and now you're going back to play you know the stadiums and arenas of the world
4: it was such a blast i never expected to uh, ever do it again in my life, to mm-hmm. be honest. And to get that opportunity was just mind-blowing. To even be asked, I had to ask the manager in that phone call in Switzerland, I said, have the guys asked you to call me? And he said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, of course, the guys all know. Guys meaning Angus, uh, basically. Yeah, Well, all of them. Yeah. All, all of them. Even though it... Ended last time, the first time, under a bit of a cloud, for me. Mm-hmm. it was I mean, everything turned out fantastic. Mm-hmm. What can I say? Everything was brilliant, but what a rush to know the type of shows we were doing, like 80,000 people a night. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. They were even bigger than the time I was in the band right, first, even bigger. Yeah. Which was big anyway. Right. But my God, it was just
0: Mm mind-blowing to see that many people every night. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order, select and stock items at 4 p.m. subject to availability.
2: So what's it like when we came, Jack and I, were there to see you uh, at Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Which was great, because we got to take a... Uh, uh, motorcade oh the, yeah the convoy oh yeah, convoy, yeah. like a police <laughs> escort to get to dodger <laughs> stadium but what what's it like uh you know on, on a tour day with acdc um what's kind of the daily do you guys sound check are you beyond that at no, this point
4: never sound check really never have sound checked really yeah the the crew sound check mm-hmm. for us dick plays drums yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> no i never sound checked with acdc even the first time around hmm. Just go on and play, and Dick sets the drums up perfectly. Just walk on, pick my sticks up, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Go. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, was it harder now being, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but probably getting, (laughs) getting close to late 60s, early 70s at this point.
4: No, I'm seventy one. Right seventy one. As okay. we
2: speak. Great. So once again, it's twenty-five years later. You're still playing drums. You're still doing all the stuff that you've done. But playing, you know, a two hour ACDC show with that monstrous let there be rock section that we talked about last time where you're yeah. just going do do for like ten minutes. Yeah. Was it was it still Old hat for you, or was it? Is it a little bit harder now that you're seven in your seventies? No, No? it
4: wasn't harder at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard anyway, Mm -hmm. to the point of exhaustion. Yeah, to be honest. And that ten minutes of that song, uh, it actually was twenty minutes, Hmm. and it was edited down for the Donington. Okay, so the real one, yeah. It was twenty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. And at the end of it, it's like I. And we're all, all of us, by the way, you Mm -hmm. know, Angus, Brian, Cliff, everybody, Malcolm, just gone. (laughs) You know, there's no more energy left. Right. And then you take five minutes, on cone. You know, do Highway to Hell and you're done.
2: And and that's (laughs) the thing for people listening. Let There Be Rock is the famous solo section where Angus plays. And the rest of the band just goes bananet, doot that's right, bananet, doot bananet. Which you think, oh, it's not so bad. But try and do it. Um, I try and do it sometimes, just drums. And all you got to do is just snare, kick, snare, kick with a hi-hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do it for 10, 20, 30 seconds. It's not bad. But try and do it, like you said, for
4: 20 minutes. Yeah, That's hard to do. And try doing those uh, 16s on the hi-hat. Hat. That's how you, you can lost go, your hair. You can go <laughs> fours. <Yeah. laughs> uh-huh. Try doing 16s. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> dang it for 20 minutes <laughs> you told me a
2: great story last time that uh, when you guys did that like in the early 90s at some kind of a festival that metallica and, and motley Crue were on and tommy lee and lars were standing in the wings of waiting for you to make a mistake
4: on that song yeah that's exactly <laughs> right they used to bet it's not a mistake i used to take a rest hmm. and my rest was Oh. That was it. Da da da, yeah. da 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 was my rest. Yeah, and they would bet when that rest would be. Oh, okay. And it, I only took the rest through fear. <laughs> literally through, I'm not going to get through this song if I don't take a rest. Yeah, and it was literally da 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 da, da back into the sixteens. Huh. Um, uh, why did I do that? Um, I like to push myself as far as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes on this last tour. Angus asked me not to do the sixteens quite so much, hmm. so that he could put some, the way he felt about doing some blues licks hmm. in these. Uh, that was like the last third of the tour, hmm. the last third of the two years. But usually, it's it was always in in Donington times, uh, in the nineties. It was always I I wouldn't let up. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I saw thinking about Lars there. Our first gig was at um, Coachella, Coachella Festival. Thanks, Jack. No problem. So <laughs> <why> I'm here. He's <laughs> here for Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we did two gigs there, uh, well, two weekends apart, mm. I think. And um, the first time, this guy jumps in front of me, and I went, Lars, hello. <laughs> I'm seen him for decades, yeah. of course. Uh, Actually, tell a lie. No, I I have been to a few Metallica gigs. Sure, yeah. uh, While I've been in the same country as them. So I still hadn't seen for a long, long time. And he said, I've been still over there uh, watching you for about 20 minutes. Of course, he was talking to other people and it was in an open area, like backstage area, with uh, caravans for us to use. And he said, I've been still over there when are you going to warm up for the gig or get yourself psyched up for the gig? And I went, what do you mean? (laughs) He said, well, you haven't even changed your stance for 20 minutes. And I was holding a cup of tea, uh, (laughs) just drinking this tea, because I never drink before a show. And when are you going to warm up? When are you going to psych yourself up? I went, what are you talking about? He said, well, in Metallica... We have a massage for half an hour and then uh, we talk to our psychologist (laughs) and then we go in the practice room and we play for about 20, 30 minutes. And I went... No, I just picked my and play man. <laughs> you walk on stage. <laughs>
2: what was um uh some like the main difference? Like now because you mentioned that Malcolm was kind of the backbone of the band and the leader of the yeah. band in so many ways and now he's gone. So Angus basically takes over that that role. Yeah. What was the biggest difference that you felt in not having Malcolm Young on stage live? Oh.
4: Well, he made um my life so easy hmm. as a drummer because I could just I knew he was absolutely in time. Don't get me wrong, Stevie did a great sure, job. Sure, of course. But it it's like uh the confidence you knew that he he was the man, you yeah. know? And you know, he would let you know if anything went wrong also, which only once did he ever have to say anything to me. Just what, once. What, what what was the problem? Oh, uh, it's a long story okay. to tell but um, I had a massage in Albuquerque and the lady the next uh, said the next day you'll have more energy than you can absolutely deal with and I went yeah okay yeah 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 sort of thing mentally mm-hmm. and but she was right so I got on stage and it's the only time in my life where I was pushing you pushed it all, oh. and Malcolm leant over and went you're pushing I went okay (laughs) thanks for telling me and uh, that was the only time (laughs) ever in what three years of touring or something Mm. and he had great judgement by the way also in what way Uh, with everything Mm. great ears, and so does Angus by the way we were recording uh, Razor's Edge and just listened to tracks and he goes what's that and it's like what's what even the producers going, and engineers going, what's what? That? what's that noise? And it was like, well, like, play it again, play it again. There, that one. What? what? I can't hear a damn thing. Nobody could. Mm-hmm. And he said, break it down, break it all down, let's find out what that noise is. And he broke it down, and it was like a, a feedback from the guitar pickup. Hmm. And he had heard it amongst everything else. And wow. it was just everybody just looked at each other and went, Wow. Literally <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they sort of doctored that up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was enough. So great years, wonderful right, years. Right, right. And uh also George, of course, who's no longer with us, George yeah. Young, brother George. He was there at that time. And uh he had to leave for health reasons actually and then we all moved this was in dublin in ireland and then we moved to vancouver canada mm-hmm. to record to record over there, the rest right. of it right, right right
2: uh so so not having malcolm on stage like you mentioned it was a, a little bit different rhythm wise but with angus kind of taking control and the band was still on top of everything the tour ended up very very
4: very good oh yeah yeah um, um nothing dropped you know it was exactly the same you know it couldn't be exactly the same of course Mm. but many fans just didn't notice that there were different people on stage they
2: they they really don't like people like us know you know the intricacies of who's in the band but you know, if my wife went to ACDC, she would see Angus and she'd see the guy with the, the hat on that sings, and that's about all that she knows. Yeah. Most people, be- I mean, in a lot of ways, Stevie even kind of looks like Malcolm. Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. couldn't even, you wouldn't even know.
4: No, he's a family member, yeah. isn't he? You know, the resemblance. some kind of it. hair, same in fact, face. In, in photographs, Stevie often got called uh, Angus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> sure. People could see that. And here's that as Angus well. uh, shopping in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not.
2: <laughs> Did Angus ever uh, now. Angus is kind of leading the band. Did he ever have to give you any uh, you're pushing it type of moments? Did he ever not, give you crap?
4: Not <laughs> pushing it, but that's a single bass drum there. Mm-hmm. You know, not a double bass drum, oh. not, not a da-dum, It's a bum. Oh, that's what he would tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, Tackle yeah. turns Oh as yeah, whole. I always listen whether it's Jimmy Page suggesting something mm-hmm. or whoever I've worked with or David Gilmour. It's, you know, you listen to the guy who's employing you, mm-hmm. you know? Right, exactly. Simple as that.
2: Yeah. What are the uh, the differences between you and Phil Rudd as a drummer? What do you see in <sighs> Phil's playing?
4: That's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping the groove, which is the most important thing. More important than flying around the kit or whatever. Economical, I think think is the word as far as phil is concerned i can play different things but with acdc i do not um because it's it's got to be boom bap boom bap has to be uh acdc cannot work any other way Mm -hmm. and going back to angus as long as he's up front it'll be acdc right and to me that's the most simplistic way of of putting it you know going back to phil it's up to people to decide Mm. not me i just do my job sure the way i'm asked to do it to the best of my ability there was a lot of vitriol from fans in the beginning of course i understand that uh, that's a sort of um, but you would think dropped that, off quite a bit. You, of
2: course, because listen, you were in the band before. You played on possibly their best song, the, maybe their biggest song, with the exception You Shook Me All Night Long and Thunderstruck. And, you know, Phil can't do it, A, because he's not allowed out of the country or whatever it is. No, right. So it's like somebody has to play the drums, so it's better that it's
4: you than anybody else on the planet, in my opinion. Well, uh, but I still got so surprised by the call. Mm. You know, I didn't know who they were going to call. I was hoping, of course, mm-hmm. but I didn't, um, I didn't bet the farm on it. Yeah. I just literally, I was shocked and surprised when it happened, hmm. when I got that call in Switzerland. And then it was like, wow, this is fantastic. And did, it took me, it took did, a while to sinking.
2: Did you ever, I mean, I don't know if, if Angus is really the warm and fuzzy guy that's ever going to sit down and tell you, did you ever find out like, you know, you were always the guy that we were going to choose or this is what Malcolm's choice would have been. Or did you ever even get into it? Or you just say, I got the gig. I'm not going to ask any questions.
4: Yeah, I, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm here. Mm. Uh, I don't need to know why. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just here. And I've always said it's a privilege and an honor to play Mm -hmm. with those guys Mm -hmm. in any circumstance. I didn't play on the um, video uh, because Phil couldn't make the video. We didn't know why at the time. Right. But I was in the States and the guys were in UK, I think. And Dick only found out, Dick Jones only found out that Phil couldn't make it like within 12 hours. Uh, And there was no way I could have got from the States, Um, I think it was in LA or Vegas, Uh, there was no way I could have got from there to the shoot, the Mm -hmm. video shoot, and you know how expensive those are, Mm -hmm. uh, in time. So Dick called a friend of his to like sit in for the yeah.
2: videos. If you see that, I think rock or bust and, uh, I think rock those blues away or whatever it is. You'll see another guy there, but they never really show him. He's just kind of in the background out of yeah. focus.
3: Just to show there's a drummer there. Yeah. That yeah. There actually is yeah, a drummer yeah. there. Yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. guy
4: waving his arms around. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, That's yeah. great. Let's yeah. talk about, uh, uh,
2: Brian Johnson. Cause in the middle of this tour, there's a huge change when Brian's gone and Axel comes in. Um, did you, like, with Brian leaving, because the, the word that I heard that Brian had said that he was going to retire after the tour was over. Like and then, Cliff. Cliff like, did. Cliff did, Has. right. <laughs> Has. As far as Brian's hearing and all of the stuff, did you know anything about this before it had
4: happened? Only that Brian was complaining about his performance hmm. continually throughout the tour. And it was to us. It was to friends. You know, it wasn't to the press or anything. Yeah, Just coming off going, oh, I'm not feeling good about this. And I use in-ears, in-ear monitors, and I could hear him. And to be honest, I kept saying to him, Brian, it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm -hmm. It really, I can hear you perfectly. The first time in my life, by the way, I could hear every note that the whole band played and sung because of the in-ear monitors, mm-hmm. not wedges down by right, my sure. feet. Thank you to JH Audio. Andy.
3: Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What was that again, Jack? Sorry, have you not got your monitors in? <laughs> <laughs> so you were
4: hearing him and he was sounding good. It, it, to me, it was, yes, it wasn't half as bad. He, he was coming off going, oh, I don't you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm disappointed in... It was only in his performance, which is really professional, you know. And obviously it came to a head and uh, he just didn't, for whatever reason, I don't know the inside story, okay. Mm -hmm. He left to go to a funeral of a a great friend and he was supposed to be back in a week's time. And he didn't come back. And it's like, uh, so I was told brian isn't coming back and we're gonna get somebody else to find somebody else you're <laughs> gonna get somebody else <laughs> brian johnson not there and you're gonna get somebody else yeah yeah well we committed to the tour so we must honor the dates i think they were all delayed weren't yeah yeah it's pushed
2: back whatever yeah
4: yeah so we did try some people out in um atlanta georgia actually and then um, I said to Dick, um, have we got a day off tomorrow? There's nothing in my diary. Is it a day off? He said, no, tomorrow is Axel Rose. I went, what? (laughs) So that's when I first knew. I went, wow. So, okay, we'll see how that's going to pan out. Came in the next day. There's Axel standing there. I went, hello, man. We shook hands and I thought, ah, this guy seems okay because I've heard all the stories, you know? And then he started to sing, and it was like, my God, this guy is hitting notes that dogs can hear. Mm -hmm. Only dogs can hear. (laughs) And it was a revelation. I never knew he had that voice. Mm -hmm. You know, I only knew the Guns N' Roses stuff, of course. What else would I know? Right. And I didn't equate the Guns N' Roses voice with what axel can do Mm -hmm. it's staggering staggering what a singer right so i thought well this is the right guy for the gig it's unbelievable
2: so who are some of the guys that you tried out before axel
4: um i won't
2: mention any names. were they names of some notoriety did they have some did they have some name value
4: no okay we're just unknowns. put it this way yeah Unknowns. Wow! And strangely enough, I I just did um, timeline. Just did a gig uh, in BonFest in Scotland, and uh, where they celebrate Bond. Yeah, and it's on every year Mm -hmm. in a place called Kirrimir. Yeah, that's where he's from, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He lived there uh, Mm -hmm. when he was a child, and I walked into the uh, mobile toilet block. And in there is one of the singers. (laughs) (laughs) He'd been asked to be a guest with one of the tribute bands Hmm. that was uh, playing. I think they played the night before. Right. So I walked in and went, geez, (laughs) what are you doing here? (laughs) Waiting for you in there.
2: (laughs) The the thing thing with Axel though, that's so interesting is that he's got the voice like you mentioned like you know top of brian johnson we all love brian johnson a great singer of course but,
4: but at, great but, personality sure wonderful guy. sure
2: but brian johnson in 2016 is not the brian johnson of 1980 so when you hear a song like hell's bells which could probably be the hardest acdc song to sing brian's not singing it like he used to he's he's, he's you know singing under it and, and and changing the melody a little bit so it's not as high right. axel did not do that Axel oh. sang those songs exactly the way Brian did on the record, and that was crazy to hear. And the other thing I thought was that Brian sang the Bond songs because that's his job. Yeah, Axel is Bond; like he loves Bond. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had that same. He's swagger. a
4: huge fan of ACDC. Yeah, Axel. He, he asked for some songs to be done. You know, the new ones, new of course, old songs, mm. but the he actually requested that. Uh, can we? Can we do riff raff? He says, uh, "I was right there when he said it." Yeah. Can we do this? Can we do that? Do you know them these days? And uh, Angus goes, uh, "Now we don't, but uh, we'll learn them." <laughs> and we did. Yeah, within the next few days, we'd learn those songs. Of course, we knew them anyway, but just putting it together. Sure, of course, you, you know understand was that.
2: Yeah, because there was uh, riff raff was in there. I think uh, rock and roll damnation. Yep. Uh, I know you tried Touch Too Much a couple times.
4: Yeah, we played it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't... It's my favorite song, by the way. Re- yeah, but it's not
2: really a great live song, right? It didn't translate too well?
4: No. No, yeah. well, people were screaming when we played it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I
2: noticed it's... you only played it a couple uh, shows, and then and you got uh, dropped.
4: I remember more than that, to okay. be honest. But um, it wasn't every single show. Mm-hmm. Um. To be honest, I can't remember, but mm. um, it was great to play that. Yeah. I remember when when I first heard that, I think it was Highway to Hell, and I played that whole album. I bought the album. I was already a professional drummer. Right. I think I told you this story before. I bought the album and played it over and over and over. And, and in the end, my favorite was Touch Too Much, mm. and it's still... Uh, that and Riff Raff, I think, is my the ones, yeah, my, just my two favorite songs.
2: But that injects a lot of even, like you mentioned, they're old songs. But playing those new old songs, it injects some new fire into the band. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah. it
4: did. Um, yeah, it did. It fired up Angus also, um, especially in rehearsal. He was running around the room playing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with enthusiasm. Right. Um, not that he isn't enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, stand up and play. But this was like, wow, this is great. This mm. is fired up beyond.
2: You know? now, now, you mentioned you'd heard all the stories about Axl Rose and all that stuff. And, and, and you know, the stories are stories. But yep. what was he like as a, as a bandmate?
4: He was great. Mm-hmm. He told jokes. He was in the, in the dressing room, you know, just hanging out. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, He was just uh, a band member. He told a story, actually, uh, on the Guns N' Roses tour, which I saw a few gigs of, two or three, actually. And he he said, um, I've been to boot camp. I've been to the the Young's boot camp. Hmm. And uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said, well, if you screw up, you get the boot. (laughs) (laughs) He said that on stage <laughs> because you always hear though you know
0: the
2: problems with uh, with Guns N' Roses in the past was Axel's late to be on stage and he's not going out there when he should on this Guns N' Roses tour that never happened and I think a, maybe he's just grown up, but I think maybe playing with ACDC where he's not the boss and he's not the BL and all he probably, like you said, if he's going to do this job, he's going to do it under the rules of, of what ACDC is. And You show up on stage and you get there on time and all these other things.
4: Yeah, he was never late. Mm-hmm. We, we never went on stage late. I think once we had a malfunction, shall we say? Uh-huh. Electronic wise, and we had to delay a little, but that was, the, I think, that was only once. And that has never happened in the history of ACDC hmm. where there was maybe a 30 or 40 minute delay because of this malfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's too technical for me, but right. it, was, it was the back line wasn't working properly. Hmm. And that was the only time that in and angus remembers everything he said it's the only time it's ever happened (laughs) that we've delayed or got it wrong Hmm. uh, because of whatever reason so they've never done it before except for this one time so and everybody's always on time You know, uh, thanks to Tim, the tour manager.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He gets that rolling, right?
4: Now, did did you ever hang out with Axel after the show? Because
2: he still likes to have a couple drinks. I know you do. And the rest of the guys, I think, in ACDC pretty much don't. Angus
4: is just a teetotaler, tea guy. Uh, Yeah. No, Angus doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. He drinks tea. Uh, But the other guys do. Okay. Uh, Of course, it was only Cliff and Stevie. Stevie doesn't Mm -hmm. too much. He very, very occasionally, on his birthday, he might not drink But, uh, yeah, Axel hang out, occasionally see him in the bar after a gig, uh, wherever, all Mm. over the world. And the people he travels with are just great people. Mm -hmm. His entourage, if you want, Mm -hmm. are just really, really nice people, which, again, is surprising. Um, You would expect... You know the entourage to be like you know, yeah, bit leery is (laughs) the way we put it
3: in Britain. but a bit they weren't at all. Like, Yeah, yeah. it yeah. just means, Jack knows what it means. Yeah, it's like Larry. I, I, I was literally going to sum it up by making a noise, like, which doesn't really sum up <laughs> at all. But, but, but you, they, they were just the most wonderful
4: people and are still the mm-hmm. most
2: wonderful people. And once again, Jack and I came and saw the show at Madison Square Garden yep. with uh, Paul Heyman in a three-piece suit, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. interesting.
4: But,
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but you
2: actually, you, you, like, later on that night, you saw Axel and had a had a couple drinks. Yeah, I was day, at the bar like,
3: in New York, yeah. I even texted Dad saying, because you texted me wondering where I was and I texted you back and I'm oh, just at a bar with Axel.
4: Oh, that was on the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Yeah. And Norman
2: Reedus. <laughs> Norman Reedus. Yeah. yeah, he was there. <laughs> but but once again, like this whole, um, you know, Brian leaves and then suddenly Axel comes in And I was thinking like, what a great move. Cause a, like you said, singing wise, he's perfect. I love the fact that he stayed back at the amps, like the other, other singers of ACDC always has uh, always have, you know, with, with Stevie and cliff. But I was like, if you're going to take superstar singers that have the voice and the name value, there was three guys that I thought of Axel, who was the perfect guy. I thought Sammy Hagar could have done the gig. Yeah. yeah. And I thought Steven Tyler could have done the gig. Right. As far as vocal s- talent. Yeah, yeah. And name value, but Axel was the best guy for it.
4: Absolutely. I couldn't even think of anybody else mm-hmm.
2: doing it now. Do you think uh and i know you don't really know because they probably don't tell you anything until you need to know it but do you think there's a chance that there'll be another album with with axel and acdc
4: yeah even if i knew i couldn't tell yeah you. but i don't know yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> do, but do you think i mean you don't know none of us do but it was such a great mix and once again like you said there's some fans that were not happy about it but the majority i think one one of the shows 5,000 people wanted refunds and 10,000 people wanted to buy the tickets that those
4: 5,000, you know? Absolutely, yes, because it was all sold out. Mm-hmm. And then some fans, of course, I understand it completely. Sure. Went, yeah, don't fancy this. So yeah. they gave the tickets back. But there were the other people that couldn't get into the stadium mm-hmm. that just immediately bought all the tickets. Couldn't wait to up. get there, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. It's, they were disappointed they couldn't get tickets in the first place.
2: Right. When I went and saw them with, with Jack and Madison Square Garden, Anthrax were there and Charlie uh, uh, Benatti the drummer and Scotty and the guitar player are ACDC fanatics and they told me not only is that the best ACDC show we've ever seen it might be the best rock and roll show we've ever seen oh wow and I was worried about what their reaction would be because they're such ACDC snobs but they're like we didn't know what to expect but it was so great we can't wait to see more you know to wow do more of it right I
4: remember those guys being there yeah of course yeah we had pictures taken. yeah yeah that's uh, right with, with each other yeah. I know it's uh, that was that was great I was really pleased to see those guys at the concert. Because mm. you don't often find bands, oh, I'm too cool for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too cool to go hang. ACDC kind of trumps all of that. Though.
2: <laughs> one more thing I was going to say, too, that I thought was really good. You are talking about adding extra songs, is that the very last show of the whole tour, I think, was like in Washington, D.C. or something. Philadelphia. Yes. Philadelphia. And you added Problem Child.
4: For one one show no we did it more than once did you yeah yeah we, we did it a few times okay
2: but it was just more towards the end of the tour yeah i thought that was cool like most bands would just go oh you know we'll try it next tour but like you know we got three shows left let's
4: let's bang it out and do it you know <laughs> yeah i know i know no no uh, we did it uh oh yeah more than three four five times i'm mm-hmm. sure funny thing is i remember that show for the second time dave Grohl came along Mm-hmm. And uh I don't think you'd met him before, had you, Jack? No no, 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 no. I remember when we found out he it's was funny, when, up. when Dave uh, meets... Uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> can call when him When he meets people, he goes up and goes, Hi, I'm Dave. And yeah. I went, I know you can... Dave, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> so we arranged, Jack and him arranged to meet in this Irish pub up the road from the hotel. Mm. And... Jack got there and had some drinks with him. And I was trying to get changed and get to the bar. And we missed each other. But like
3: Jack said, that uh, people were... It was starting to get a little bit... Isn't
4: that Dave Grohl over there? The thing is, though,
3: he wasn't overly inconspicuous because he was in the corner of the pub, but he was wearing the flashing Angus horns, devil horns in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like you could easily spot him. He wasn't hidden at all. (laughs) He's a great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. He
2: loves loves rock and roll (laughs) for sure. Uh, A couple last questions. Just talking about Cliff Williams, you mentioned that he'd retired at the end of the tour, and that was always his plan all the way through... Uh, what was it like uh, for him and for you to see that? I mean, that's a long time, forty-year vet, but he—he he was going to retire and he stuck to it.
4: Yeah, he even went longer than he said because mm-hmm. the, t- of course, we tour was delayed because Brian and Axel thing, and uh, he was going to leave like what four months or six months before or something, and he hung in there and finished the tour, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's like. Who's going to be on grace Right,
2: right. <laughs> I saw that last show too. Angus kind of pushed him up the rampway. I think Cliff was scared to death. He's never been past the, the, the microphone on the stage. He right. went down the catwalk there for a little yeah, that's bit. That's right. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: Never gone in front of the drum riser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did, you, did you have any uh, farewell words with him at
4: all? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we, we said all that the night before, mm. probably in Washington, if not before that. And then before he left, he called me. I was still in bed. Mm-hmm. He, he called the room and said, you know, great working with you. And, uh, you know, it's really has been great. And I, you know, feel a bit teed up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an end of an era. Yeah, most definitely. Sure. And but- he's a great guy. But mm-hmm. Just very, very quiet and unassuming and just a genuinely nice guy.
2: So now, um, and I know you don't know, but just if you were gonna theorize, what's the future for ACDC? Because now, once again, you've lost another member of these of this machine rhythm section that's famous you know so you'd have to break in a new guy find somebody i don't know if there's any other young brothers or nephews that play they probably guitar in. or bass or whatever <laughs> oh all drums
1: <laughs> drums
2: um do you ever hear anything from that camp do you have any
4: idea any any theories even to yourself of what's going to happen over the next few years with acdc no no i'm pretty philosophical mm. when it comes to life yeah. you never know and then when it happens you go wow i never thought of that Mm -hmm. you know so you know there's nothing as constant as change (laughs) to quote a zen saying yeah and you try to accept things as as they come so angus knows what's going to happen and he's the only person to my knowledge that that knows this stuff Mm -hmm. so uh we just got to
2: wait and see one day you'll get a call and be back on a plane to wherever. Oh, to...
4: please! <laughs> no, that would be wonderful. Yeah, really yeah. would. It yeah, really it's would. interesting
2: to think like who could be a guy that plays bass in in ACDC? Oh, I wouldn't know? like to.
4: Once again, it's not an easy, not an easy gig to have. No, you know, no, absolutely. You know, there was a, strangely enough going back to when Cliff joined, what forty years ago, there was a short list. And the shortlist was Cliff Williams, and bass player who's a great friend of mine from Man from Man's Earth Band, hmm. Colin Pattenden. Hmm. And we worked together, Colin and I, for like six, seven years, or certainly five, six years. And that was the shortlist hmm. of Cliff and Colin. Yeah, and they went with Cliff. Yeah, because they're so similar in in style you can't tell that there's no join there between <laughs> cliff and Colin right now the reasons for going for Cliff or well, I've no idea mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, obviously the right decision uh yeah yeah <laughs> you know uh, i Colin is as I say is still a friend mm-hmm. and like Cliff just a really nice guy but I'm this, you know, I'm just, you triggered me thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. I'm not saying. Yeah, it, sure,
3: sure. You know.
2: it's, it, to me, it's like you just mentioned something. The brand name of ACDC is so huge. As long as Angus Young is the face of the band, still playing, still wants yep. to play. And now with this superstar connection of Axl Rose that actually really works, you know, the, the two biggest bands in the world uh, joining forces. It'd be like, you know, if Paul McCartney joined the Rolling Stones. Like, for for rock and roll. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who's playing, who's not playing, who's on bass or whatever. As long as it's this Angus Young and now that he has this Axle connection, ACDC can go on for as long as Angus wants it to go on. Yes. You know? And and I think, you know, you would probably know this more or just maybe just the fantasy that when Malcolm started, you know, uh, fading away that he probably had a deal with Angus. If you're gonna continue on without me, continue on without anybody. You just go as long as you wanna go.
4: Yeah, I think they must have had those uh, because Malcolm knew he wasn't gonna be, you know, well enough to have any input uh, within a certain length of time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they discussed every option. And Malcolm being as uh, magnanimous as he was, he would have said, like he said in the beginning, uh, you go out there, <laughs> put that suit on and you, you go out solos, and yeah. <laughs> But I don't want to wear the suit. You put that suit on again. Well, you wear the suit. No, no, no. You, you get out there and be the front man. <laughs> and that's about the truth of it, actually. That's right, how sure. it started. Yeah.
2: And that's where we're at now, like you said. So what do you do uh, now that, that the ACDC thing is kind of on hold?
4: Back to the timeline? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Lake timeline. Sorry to use the full title. <laughs> uh, it's on Facebook, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we're working all the time. In fact, working this weekend uh, and uh, every weekend for the foreseeable future.
2: And you played songs from your entire career. Yes, to, to including tell the...
4: Mantra Band's Earth Band, Uriah Heep. And people are actually stunned. We've had amazing reviews.
2: Well, let's go through the Man for because Man's Earth. You were in this. Right. He, the, 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 the Firm with Jimmy Page. Yeah. Uh, David Gilmore stuff. David, yeah. ACDC stuff. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Asia? No, was it Asia? No, it's not Asia. Uh, yeah. we Asia. do. Asia.
4: We do.
3: Yep. Yeah. Tom Jones.
4: <laughs> even Tom Jones, that's a secret, Jack. That's classified. <laughs> oh, is it?
3: Yeah. Oh, I spoiled it. <laughs> you spoiled Spoiler alert. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but so you're just keeping your chops up and keeping your, you're a road dog. This is what you do. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Um, even at my age, I'm just really, really enthused about playing. I'll only stop when I can't play with the same power mm-hmm. that I always play with. Because that would really disappoint sure. me, and it would disappoint other people too. It's
2: interesting, like now you know with rock and roll, there's really no cutoff date and when you can and can't play. And talking about the Stones, like I think Charlie Watts is 75 or 76, and obviously Rolling Stones drums isn't let there be rock. No, but still, you got you know Paint It Black and and Give Me Shelter and you know Start Me Up. It's some it's some and stuff. He's still handling it and playing great. So yeah, you know th- that's kind of the he's kind of the role model for everybody that's a rock and roll drummer at this point
4: i saw them i think it was last year in paris whenever that paris Mm -hmm. gig was it might have been two years ago Mm -hmm. but um yeah i saw them on stage that was my actually my first real professional gig with tom jones was supporting the rolling stones oh wow when they just brought their first single out Hmm. which is a chuck berry song called come on wow and they were we played a tiny club in uh, Oxford Street in London. And that was really, although I, we didn't get any money for it, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first uh, professional, real professional gig yeah, yeah. in London, as opposed to South Wales. Right. So that was a great place to start, you know? Just a, a couple more things that I want to ask about. One, you mentioned Bond Fest in
2: Ciaramere, Scotland. Did you ever meet Bond Scott?
4: Once. Oh yeah? Yeah, there was, uh, I used to live in Camden where Bon also lived and unfortunately died also. Mm-hmm. And there was a late night bar in a Greek restaurant, downstairs in a Greek restaurant. And I went in there one night and uh, he was in there. So it was like, he was drunk and I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but it was enough to say hello and yeah. chat and, you know. Yeah.
2: So I did meet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great picture, and you kind of talked about this story on the last time, but it was a long time ago. And refresh my memory of you, Elvis Presley, and Tom Jones.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and explain the, that picture. Oh wow! I think I was 21, mm-hmm. which is oh, five, ten years ago now. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and um, we went to Elvis's suite. That was Tom, myself, and a few members of the band, um, and he was just a really, really nice guy. Very quiet. He didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were we were drinking. He was playing an album, and just one album over and over. Um, but he was and this was like the probably the third or fourth time I'd met him. Tom and him were friends by now um, I didn't I wasn't there when when they met for the first time but I met him and Priscilla actually in uh, on Hawaii hmm. uh, in the late 60s and that picture was taken in Vegas. Um, and just after that meeting, uh, he asked me to play drums for him. <laughs> and uh, cut a long story short, I couldn't because I was contracted to Tom. Oh, wow. And they wouldn't let me out of the contract. <laughs> Even This was supposed to be just a month. Uh-huh. So... Um, he wouldn't let you out? No. No. <laughs> and I should have just walked. <laughs> Sorry. But I was yeah, yeah. 21 at the time. Sure. It's like, uh, you know. Didn't I, I wish that is like, absolutely, uh, that is the the worst decision I ever made <laughs> in my professional life. When you when the firm started, I remember it came out and everyone
2: was talking about the bald drummer. When did you shave your head? Because in 1985, not a lot of guys had shaved heads.
4: No, I did it in 1982. Uh huh. The only guy I think was the drummer for Australian band. Uh, I think it was Rose Tattoo. I'm not okay. Sure. Uh oh no it wasn't rose tattoo i'm sorry guys i'm sorry <laughs> the singer was bald
2: angry ang- angry angry yeah, anderson yeah that's right like midnight
4: um, or something? Right? no mid- it wasn't mid- no no. that was later weren't. on yeah. they weren't around then yeah um no the drummer was uh, oh i'm so sorry no i can't remember what made you decide to do it though because it's a very radical thing to do back i in was uh, at the time i was working with gary newman uh-huh here in my car <laughs> and was, you know that guy and uh, Jack knows him yeah I do yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and the band I was feeling quite old then I must have been 35 I can't remember mm-hmm. chronologically um, and all the band were like 21 22 I thought uh, and I was going grey mm-hmm. so I thought ah let's get rid of it I've been thinking about it for years but when I did it um, nobody had shaved heads. Nobody? Nobody yeah. in the street. Not even military had shaved mm-hmm. heads. Now it's quite common. Yeah, yeah. I think guys are getting old. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Last question for you, Chris. What's your favorite uh, ACDC song to play live?
4: Well, I th- as I said, Touch Too Much. Mm-hmm. I love playing wow. riffraff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but they're all just genius songs. Ah. Uh, In fact, on Timeline gigs, I I always thank the guys for writing the songs because um, ACDC is half the set. Mm -hmm. The other Mm -hmm. stuff... Other stuff? Awfully sorry, sorry, chaps. (laughs) The uh, other material, music, is... uh, people like Uriah Heep, Man From Man's Earth Band, all that.
2: It's interesting to me, though, because even with Phil through the 90s playing Thunderstruck, like all those songs are his, but Thunderstruck was the one song that wasn't, and it didn't have the same feel when he played it as when you play it. So that's cool to know that one song in the set is your song. Yeah. You you wrote the drum
4: part for it, and it's one of their biggest tunes. Right. Right. And um, strangely... When he came back into the band, for the first time, um, I visited the guys, Cliff and Brian, just to say hi. They were in London. I lived outside London. Arranged to meet them. I went to their apartment. Apartments. Mm -hmm. um, In Kew Gardens, I think it was, actually, come to think of it, in London. And... I said, should we go to the pub? Yeah, let's go to the pub. So I said, uh, is Phil going to come, do you think? And he went, well, I'll, I'll go ask him. So uh, Cliff went away and I could, he was upstairs and I could hear him playing the demos that I had done for the next album. Wow. So he was learning my parts.
2: <laughs> for the Ball Breaker record. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes
4: which wow. is uh which is something instead of me learning his yeah, parts he's learning yours all the time <laughs> he was learning mine so a little bit of uh, fame there or whatever True, yeah. <laughs> well chris
2: it's great talking to you man and i'm excited so, to see what happens over the next few years and uh best of luck as always
1: yeah oh well thank you very much
4: thank you very much
1: all right, thanks to Chris Slade. And remember, the Chris Slade timeline doing live gigs uh, in lieu of waiting for ACDC to start up. Uh, the timeline will be playing the Music Cool Festival in France on June 16th. Follow Chris on Facebook at Chris Slade ACDC and on the Twitter at Chris Slade Drums. And thanks to Chris and his son, Jack, my uh, sidekick, Fozzie stage manager. Uh, thanks for the repeat visit to Talk is Jericho to talk about ACDC, Axel Rose, Brian Johnson. Like I said, ACDC does not do interviews, and here we are exclusively on Talk is Jericho with the drummer from ACDC, just like last summer when we had Duff McKagan on, exclusive Guns and Roses. Nobody, I repeat, nobody from those bands does interviews, but we had them both right here on Talk is Jericho. We get the biggest scoops, and I got the biggest scoops happening at Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, setting sail October 27th. I want you to book your cabin now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. We just announced that Impact Wrestling will be on board in some capacity we don't know yet. Yet. Remember, when you book your cabin, all activities, all-inclusive, all stand-up comedy shows, live podcasts, meet-and-greet signings, pictures, autographs, concerts, and the Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor tournament, and whatever Impact is going to do, it's all-inclusive. The only thing you got to pay for are drinks and gambling. And remember, it's a cruise ship. There's nowhere to go, so you'll be hanging out with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, Mick Foley, Noel Foley, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Ray Mysterio, Don Callis, Paul Lazenby, Pat Patterson singing karaoke, Conan Disco Inferno, Hurricane Helms, Beyond the Darkness, Dave and Tim, Colt Cabana, who just won his uh, lawsuit against the WWE, and Marty DeRosa doing the Unprofessional Wrestling Show, Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Sal and Q from the Impractical Jokers, Busted Open Radio is going to be there, Craig Gass, Corey Taylor's playing, Phil Campbell, the Bastard Sons are playing, King, The STIR, the Dave Spivak Project, the Cherry Bomb Shooter Through a Blizzard of Ozzy and Fozzy Plan. Brian Cage is going to be there, Melissa Santos. The list goes on and on and on. And remember the P.S. de Resistance, the Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor tournament happening in the middle of the ocean. The winner of the Sea of Honor tournament gets a Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship shot in the future. Kenny Omega will be there. He might be the IWGP champion if he wins against Okada this weekend. Uh, Everyone's going to be there. Go to the list Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, the entire Bullet Club, Brandy Rhodes, Kelly Klein. Uh, Mandy Leon, Matt Taven, Flip Gordon, the Dogs, Cheeseburger, Frankie Gazzaria, and the Briscoe brothers. Lots of rockers are going to be there. Lots of wrestlers going to be there. Are you going to be there? Make history. Get your cabin now at chrisjerichocruise.com. Don't you dare miss it. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we'll have a great weekend. In the meantime and in between time, have a great, great week. We've got a big surprise show, but i got to track it first for next Wednesday. So it's going to be a little bit of a surprise. So in the meantime and in between time, we will see you soon. Don't forget, Jericho versus Naito, June 9th. Uh, I believe that's on Saturday. Go check it out at newjapanworld.com. I'll give you the on-the-spot report next week right here on Talk is Jericho. Be cool. We'll see you soon.